It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to Mauk Baker, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. How should a pastor and congregation handle religious discrimination or persecution in their own community? Today, we will be speaking with Pastor Jamie Sinclair, the lead pastor of Christian Fellowship Center of Canton, New York, a church that Malkin Baker recently represented in a religious liberty case challenging the village of Canton's discriminatory zoning code, which prevented the church from worshiping in a building they had purchased. During the case, Christian Fellowship Center faced hostility from many in the community, but continued to pursue equal rights for the church, even achieving support from the United States Department of Justice. Pastor Jamie, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Soren. Jamie, uh, I'd I'd like to start first um, by asking you to uh, provide a background, some history for uh, for your church. Yeah, so Christian Fellowship Center, uh, it's been in the North Country, northern New York, just south of the Canadian border for about four and a half decades. And in that time, we've planted uh, some local churches around the region, and really just God stirred a passion in us to reach men, women, and children with the gospel. The good news that there's an answer to our brokenness, that uh, in Jesus there's forgiveness, life, and hope. And uh, just a couple of years ago, well, three years ago now, we planted a church in Canton, New York, and that's where about a, a year ago we began the purchase offer for the new building, and it kind of led to the whole situation that we're going to discuss today. So why don't you tell us, Jamie, uh, about your adventures in the zoning? Uh, how did this dispute arise? What happened? Uh, give us a, a play-by-play, if you will. Yes. Yeah, so the church was planted three years ago, and we've been looking for a space. And we found this building at 25 Court Street, and it's a beautiful and history building right in downtown Canton. And uh, almost immediately, we uh, had the purchase offer accepted last July 2018, and then immediately began talking to village officials. In the village of Canton, anytime a building's use has changed, you need to get a new certificate of occupancy, and basically there's an approval process for that change. And uh, right at the beginning, like the first conversation I had with maybe the chairman of the planning board, he mentioned, you're going to need a zoning variance in order to do this, and that's pretty much impossible. So there there was kind of a a no from the get-go, and that's what led to a series of applications and appeals and eventually a lawsuit. So after you purchased uh, the building, the the people in the community weren't very happy uh, to have you guys there. Can you talk a little bit about some of the community reaction? Yeah, you know, over time, there were 
various reasons presented by community members and village officials as to why we might not be allowed at that location. Um, you know, things like the size of the lot, uh, parking, traffic, the, the fact that it'd be another property eligible for tax exemption, um, and, and ultimately settled on the potential impact on future beverage establishments as New York doesn't grant hard liquor licenses within 200 feet of a church or a school. Um, but really the, the, the sense through it was the opposition, like I said, it was almost from the get-go, it was a no in search of a rationale, meaning most of these objections were largely pretextual and there, there really wasn't a, a good justification. Where was the church meeting during this time? Yeah, so when we first launched the church three years ago, uh, you know, <laughs> we'd spent a lot of time in prayer and preparation, just asking the Lord if this was really what we, we, he had for us to do next. And then once we felt like he said yes, uh, and, and I felt like I was called to help lead this plant, um, I somewhat naively was just like, okay, let's find a building. And it turns out finding a building can be difficult. And uh, Canton is a, it's, it's the county seat, but this is a fairly rural area. So it's a small village with about 6,000 inhabitants and only a few buildings that would work for our needs. And so as I was looking around, we didn't have the money to purchase at that point. I found the Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, and talked to them, and they were willing to share the building with us. So Adventists worship on the seventh day of the week, and we worship on the first. So it worked out pretty well. It wasn't our space, but we were able to meet there for a couple of years. Um, and then actually right around when we were submitting the purchase offer on the building that we now have, uh, right around that same time, the pastor of the Adventist Church came and mentioned that towards the end of the summer, so September 2018, they, were, they wished to end the lease. And uh, actually, because of some physical complications, we were out of that building before then. And so then we were in a, a several-month season where we met at a, a theater at the State University of New York in Canton. We, we met in a hotel conference room. We met in a, a golf course clubhouse during the off-season. And, uh, you know, God provided every step of the way, but we were definitely eager to uh, get this, this new building new to us and to really uh, indwell it and use it well. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit malkbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we've been speaking with Pastor Jamie Sinclair about religious discrimination his church recently encountered in Canton, New York. Uh, Jamie, you were telling us about all these different places that the church was meeting. Um, describe for us some of the burdens that congregations face when they don't have a permanent place to worship. Yeah, you know, the, the first few years of a church plant there are a lot of uh, pressures, just generally speaking, we're trying to do ministries, but they're all understaffed, and there's a lot of excitement, but also it's, it's uh, a lot of work, and it's really been a privilege, but over the past year, it was definitely a hard season uh, after we were out of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, where we had been, the several months where we were in a bit of a limbo, 
it just added a little bit of extra stress and uncertainty. That was definitely a challenge. Um, thankfully, uh, last fall, we set in place a couple of other church elders right at this local congregation. So uh, I wasn't kind of uh, in a place where I needed to call the shots on my own. So I, along with a couple other men, uh, really had the responsibility to try to lead the congregation through. Sometimes it wasn't until the Friday, two days before Sunday morning, where we knew where we would be meeting the next that, that Sunday and send out an email and text people. Uh, so it was it was kind of exciting for a couple of weeks, and then it got old and uh, difficult. But, you know, God's grace was present in the midst of it. Uh, it's definitely a, a leadership uh, growth opportunity for me as I tried to lead well through that and keep the focus on the main thing. I didn't want us to become like, uh, you know, we're not a real estate group. We're not some sort of uh, legal reform team. Like uh, that, that's our primary objective as an organization is just to grow as disciples of Jesus and to make disciples of Jesus. And so it definitely there was difficulty in the uncertainty and some of the risk, but uh, God, God was present and faithful. So to deal with, with that difficulty, um, you guys decided to, to purchase that property and, and file all the applications and go through the zoning of procedures. And uh, tell us, what was the official response or responses from the village? What, what was their legal rationale for uh, keeping you guys out of your property? The first several months of the process felt like, you know, you, you want to be careful not to assume motive, but it felt like it was just kind of like delaying. And everywhere we turned, it took months before we got clear answers. Eventually, we did get some clear answers. At that point, we had decided already to close on the building. We felt that, like the law federally was very clear on the issue. Uh, I like to simplify things for myself. I realize it's more complicated than this, but in a nutshell, uh, it was a restaurant that we were looking at buying. The, the village government was okay with public meetings to eat food or watch football or play bingo, but not public meetings to worship Jesus. And that seemed, again, kind of simplistic, but that just seemed obviously uh, just a, a violation of basic civil liberty. And so we moved forward. We closed in the building. The village zoning board of appeals did eventually give a rationale for saying no. And that rationale was that uh, in the interest of economic development, they didn't want something in a commercial district, which is what it was zoned as a commercial district, although that included a, a variety of nonprofit uses. But they didn't want something that might have that effect on bars getting liquor licenses. And that was kind of the ultimate decision from the village. And we ended up deciding to pursue legal action um, and, and file the case in federal court. And you mentioned that it was a, a commercial district, and this commercial district um, had, if I remember off the top of my head, uh, mun municipal uses, uh, fraternal social clubs, charitable uses, all sorts of uses, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Coming up, we will talk further with Pastor Jamie Sinclair of Christian Fellowship Center in New York about how his congregation overcame religious discrimination from their village and local community. I'm Soren Lehu, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
This is Tom Morrison for Family Pack. Family Pack is pleased to announce that its Defender of the Faith Award was presented to the outstanding Christian law firm of Mock and Baker. For over 30 years, Mock and Baker has led the fight in Illinois for a free exercise of religious liberty and protection as guaranteed by the First Amendment. I don't know of anyone who has done more to protect our Christian values for our churches, in our schools, and against government attack and interference than Mock and Baker. Mock and Baker is the law firm which Family Pack uses both in Illinois and federal cases to protect your religious freedom. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mock and Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at www.mockbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today we've been speaking with Pastor Jamie Sinclair of Christian Fellowship Center about religious discrimination his congregation recently faced in Canton, New York. Uh, Jamie, we started talking about the zoning code, uh, the discriminatory zoning code. Uh, could you describe uh, for us uh, some of the, the, the details of the zoning code and why it was uh, ultimately found to be discriminatory? Yeah, um, so the code itself, uh, that downtown area where our building is located, is part of the Commercial One District. And that district is actually a pretty broad district for cultural and commercial activities. It includes things like movie theaters, libraries, uh, thrift shops, nonprofits, lawyers' offices, uh, you know, things like that. Quite broad. And so a church use would actually fall perfectly within, within that use. Uh, in fact, there's a federal statute that requires churches be treated similarly to, or at least as well as, non-religious similar uses. And that's the that's RELUPA, the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act of 2000. And so looking at that, a friend of mine brought it to my attention uh, almost a year ago. So it was probably like late July when we were first looking at the building, and that was definitely encouraging insofar as it seemed like, okay, yeah, the, the right thing for Canton to do here is to allow us to worship, to use this building as a church. Um, they, they ended up trying to uh, stipulate that we were different from those other uses, that we were not a similar religious use versus a non-religious use by saying the only thing that a church is like is a school. Because of this, uh, in New York State, there's an alcohol beverage control law that says you can only get a hard liquor license a license to serve hard liquor beyond 200 feet from a church or a school. And so Kenton uh, used that to argue that we were a non-similar use to what was permitted in the commercial district. And they ultimately rejected us. But uh, with excellent legal advice from Usorn and, and John and the rest of the firm, uh, we made a case and Judge Lawrence Kahn down in Albany, New York, he's a federal judge, uh, he, he ended up rendering an excellent decision regarding an injunction to require the village to allow us to use the property as a church. 
and so ultimately the church decided that um, the only way it, it could meet at the property and, and um, take advantage of this uh, amazing location uh, was to file a lawsuit. And I want to ask uh, if you could describe to us um, what it's like making that decision to file a lawsuit as a church. Uh, were there any uh, dissenting voices in the church? How did you decide that filing a lawsuit, going to court, was the right thing? That is a great question, and probably one of the most significant questions for us throughout this whole process. Uh, nobody in church leadership really has experience with this kind of legal action. I'm really thankful for the leadership team at the church. So Christian Fellowship Center, it's 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 a it's like one local church with multi-site and also part a network of local churches. Uh, but we share unified leadership teams. The elders and deacons of all the churches, about 30, 30 guys. Uh, we had a couple of meetings where we discussed this and prayed about it, and then ultimately made a decision to move forward. And we had a, a few meetings like this through the course of the process. But uh, you know, the first thing, a, a few things. Uh, first factor. There just aren't many options in Canton. We felt very clearly like God was calling us to plant a church here in Canton, and we needed a space to meet. There were about five options we had identified, but they were either not financially viable, or they were in the exact same zoning district, subject to the same criticism, but inferior for our needs. So this was really the only option uh, pra pragmatically, uh, if, we, if we were going to have a building in Canton. Secondly, we felt legal recourse was clearly... A biblical option. Uh, the Apostle Paul appealed to his citizenship when he was about to be beaten by Roman soldiers. Uh, Paul appealed to Caesar when he was kind of on trial. Uh, we even see there's an example in Luke 18. Jesus is sharing a parable, and certainly the, the point of the parable is to encourage us to faithfulness in prayer, but it's the parable of the unjust judge when the, the widow uh, kind of uh, continues beseeching him again and again and again until she receives justice, but it, implicit in that is a backdrop that says th there is a justice system set up for us to, uh, to appeal to them, to, to look to them for recourse, to look to them for justice. And so it, it seemed very biblical. Thirdly, our case seemed very clear and strong. Uh, certainly, we didn't want to take an irresponsible step of you know, risk, uh, closing on a building before there's permission, taking the, the risk of the uh, the costs potentially involved in this, this litigation, uh, but it seemed responsible, it's biblical, and it was really necessary if we want to move forward with what God called us to. Uh, but all that said, it wasn't an easy decision. Um, we, we had the biblical warrants, we, we had a strong case, we needed a space, but we're not about real estate. We're not about legal litigation. We're just a community formed to focus on becoming disciples of Jesus and to make disciples of Jesus. So the question was, was this what God had for us? And in this process, uh, you know, both at public meetings and online, people were calling me and the church arrogant, unchristlike, threatening. And that was hard. Uh, but as we prayed, uh, we, we felt that standing up for justice in this situation was not merely a stand for ourselves, but an opportunity to take a stand on behalf of the community to see spiritual breakthrough. In, in the region that we're reaching for Jesus. You know, the federal case 
was called Christian Fellowship Centers of New York Incorporated versus the Village of Canton. But in the spirit, I knew that it was Christian Fellowship Center for the Village of Canton. We were really trying to take a stand for our community and believe firmly it was the right decision. That's great. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Pastor Jamie Sinclair of Christian Fellowship Centers about recent religious discrimination uh, that his congregation faced in Canton, New York. Uh, staying on, on this topic, uh, Jamie, uh, how would you encourage other churches that are going through something similar that your church went through? So there's so much to this. Uh, so in the sake of time, we'll be able to cover much. But in Jeremiah 17, two verses read like this. The person who trusts in the Lord whose confidence indeed is in the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes, and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. And I had a, just a strong confidence through this process. Uh, I said, I preached to myself, preached to my congregation. I said, I don't know exactly what tomorrow will bring. I don't know if we're going to win, you know, various appeals or the various court cases, but I know this, that regardless of what comes, our trust is in the Lord. He's moving us forward. And even in a year of drought, we're going to produce fruit. And so my encouragement would be ultimately just put your trust in the Lord. Great. Uh, and, the, and just to, to uh, let the listeners know, uh, we did file for what's called a preliminary injunction, and we got a, a really quick opinion from the uh, federal judge. Jamie, I know you're not an attorney, um, but could you summarize what the judge uh, told us in his opinion? Yeah, the judge uh, it was an excellent decision, uh, very speedily rendered. It was really uh, a favor of God, excellent representation from you guys at American Baker. Uh, the DOJ got involved. Uh, it was really uh, a God thing, and I'm, I'm super thankful. And the judge in his decision, not only did he grant us the preliminary injunction and require Canton to allow us to worship, but he went through and, and he showed, he, he kind of uh, applied several tests and showed that regardless of how one tries to interpret RELUPA and apply it to various kinds of the way it's been applied in different circuits, uh, in our case, we would win the right to worship in that building. And it was an excellent piece of work. Jamie, we have about 30 seconds left. Could you tell us in that time period, uh, what's next for the church, future plans, goals? Yeah, uh, you know, it, like I said, at some level, we tried to keep the main thing, the main thing throughout this. Uh, so in some ways, not much changes. We're uh, we're meeting to worship, we're engaged in discipleship through a variety of ministries, trying to find ways to serve the community. But at the same time, a whole host of new possibilities is now opened. And, uh, you know, we've been involved over the years at various locations and food pantries, basketball, soccer. Uh, I know in Canton this summer, we're going to do some free face painting and just trying to find ways to connect with the community. One thing this uh, did that we couldn't have done on our own is Nobody knew who we were a year ago, and now everybody knows, and that's a God thing. Uh, Pastor Jamie, thank you for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about your church? 
Yeah, Christian Fellowship Center is a church in northern New York. You can find us online at cfconline.org. And my name is Jamie Sinclair. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website to subscribe to our Religious Liberty Newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Soren Lehu, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.